It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Steelers had played terribly the prior three weeks, showing real problems on their roster that didn't look like they were easily fixable. The Ravens were on top of the AFC and looking to take a commanding lead in the AFC North Division race. The outcome least expected by anyone was a Steeler victory. But in turn, that almost made the Steelers win predictable. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Mike Tomlin has a statement where he says he doesn't want his players to ride the roller coaster. It's one of the statements he likes to make, and it's about not getting thrown around with the emotions of an NFL season or inside of an NFL game. And we see that roller coaster. We see that roller coaster this year. The Steelers Go on winning streaks and losing streaks. They started the season with a great win over Buffalo. Lost their next three games. Then won four. Then tied the Detroit Lions. Before losing two more. And now come out and have a big win against the AFC leading Baltimore Ravens. That's a roller coaster. It's... it's, it's, Ups and downs. Hopefully, for the Steelers, this is the start of another win streak that puts them in good position to contend for the AFC North title. I mean, why not? 
I know I know it's not likely still at this point. We're still, I think we rank third in the division right now, but we're within range. I'm not writing anything off in this season. Inside of the Steelers team, we've seen a roller coaster as well. We've seen the defense look really good. We've seen them give up back-to-back games of 41 points. We saw them stuff the Cleveland Browns. Great running game. Hold it in check. And then give up a ton of rushing yards to the Detroit Lions. We've seen it all. In this game, the Steelers rebounded after giving up almost 200 yards rushing to the Cincinnati Bengals and held the Ravens to just over 100 yards. The Steelers hadn't won a game since 2017 in which Joe Hayden didn't play. They finally broke that streak. Uh, They hadn't won a game with TJ Watt. They they hadn't lost a game with TJ Watt healthy, fully healthy, I should say. Uh, I define that as, uh, look, if you look at the schedule and our wins and losses, uh, we have two, three game non-win streaks, right? We have the loss to the Raiders. That's a game TJ Watt got hurt. He missed the following week against the Bengals. Steelers lost. Came back against Green Bay, was clearly not himself, his normal self, wasn't nearly 100%. Steelers lost that game. He's there for all four of the wins. He leaves the game against Detroit. They tie Detroit. Is not there for the Chargers game. They lose to the Chargers. Comes back for the Bengals game. Doesn't look good, isn't himself. Steelers lose. This Ravens game, he comes back from COVID. Looks like himself, three and a half sacks, fantastic game, Steelers win. The Steelers are now 6-0 and when T.J. Watt is what I would call fully healthy. When in the games he gets hurt, misses, or comes back from injury, they're 0-5-1. This is, this is ups and downs, swings of momentum. The Steelers' offensive line was coming together. Then Kevin Dotson gets hurt. J.C. Hassenauer comes in. J.C. Hassenauer gets hurt. B.J. Finney comes in. B.J. Finney got hurt. Three plays into this game. John Leglu comes in, and the offensive line, from that point on, played one of their better games this season with a guy making his NFL debut. It's, it's a little crazy, right? There's a little bit of craziness going on here. Even inside of the game, you know, even inside of this game, uh, Deontay Johnson drops a touchdown. Awful drop on one of Ben Roethlisberger's best throws of the season. It was an absolute dynamite throw from Ben Roethlisberger right on the money for an easy touchdown. Deontay Johnson just drops it. No one's coming to hit him. Nothing like He's there and just drops it. Awful play and very likely could and probably should have cost the Steelers the football game. Right there, that play could have very well been the difference and probably should have been the difference in the result of this game. But he comes back the rest of the game. Outside of that play, he caught 8 of 10 catches, 8 of 10 passes his way. Fantastic game. Ends up scoring uh, the touchdown that, that will win the game while putting up over 100 yards. He had another touchdown, too. He had the walk-in touchdown. 
Two touchdowns from Deontay Johnson and 105 yards in a game where he dropped a very big ball. Just a really awful drop. And depending on what you look at, that was either his first or second drop of the season. And it was just awful. And he comes back. And he makes plays. And the Steelers win the game. In large part because of him. Ben Roethlisberger came off one of his worst games we've seen him play. A real, you know, classic Ben Roethlisberger stinker of a game against the Bengals. Comes in and faces the Ravens. And he's dropping passes everywhere. He had some absolutely phenomenal throws all all game. He was just putting up some great throws. Classic Big Ben. Had the pump fake there at the end. so, So many... So much good from this game for Ben Roethlisberger after a game against the Bengals where he was terrible. The run game was a roller coaster. They were struggling. Then late in the game, they started doing really good before, you know, the Ravens turned around and shut that down. That makes sense. That's one of those things that makes sense is, is in the sense of a roller coaster of good and bad results. Uh, you could basically tell how successful the Steelers' runs were going to be looking at the situation in the box. The Ravens started losing their some of their cornerbacks. They were already, you know, down and into their depth at cornerbacks, similar to the Steelers. Uh, but then they lost a few more bodies. And by the end of the game, they were they were in trouble. And the Ravens were dropping more to help their defensive backs try and try and you know shore up that situation. And the Steelers just came out looking. And if and if they didn't have that box loaded. If the Steelers had even numbers in the box, they ran it. And they ran, they ran Benny Snell, played two snaps, had runs of eight and five yards. That's good. Like, that's not what we've seen normally. But that's what happens when this offensive line actually has even numbers. Even with Dotson out and Leg Lou in. When they had even numbers in the box, man, of blockers versus defenders, that run game was going to be great. I also should bring up the game Najee Harris had. Man, what a game he had. He he was just... Stat line, not great. Watch the film on this kid that he put out this game. He was fantastic. Oh, it, great game from a lot of young players. Great game from a lot of people new to this game, new to this rivalry. Just coming out and, and making a statement game right off the bat. Loved it. Just big-time plays. Great, great things to see for the future of the team. So speaking of the offensive line, and, and I brought up John Leglu, he was fifth on the interior line depth chart. Fifth. And that's on guard. If you just look at guard, he was the fifth guy lined up to play guard. He comes in, and the line plays great. He played, He looked better out there than Hassenhauer or B.J. Finney did. In their games, they've played. I, I don't know what to think long-term for this guy. You don't know. Is this just a game where they the line really came together and played well? Is John Leglu a guy who, you know, hasn't been a great player, but it's really starting to come together for him in his, you know, third season in the NFL? And his very first action is, is this game where he plays this good against the Ravens? I mean, look at who he was facing. That The interior of the Ravens line is the one place that's still really good on that roster right now, on the, especially on the defense. They've got a lot of injuries. They've got a lot of weak spots. 
interior defensive line isn't one. He came in to face that and did a really good job. We saw Chris Waswell have a miss on a point after that was about the worst I've seen in a long time. Uh, He had a kickoff out of bounds as well. Percy Harvin nails a punt that was inches from the goal line and then has a couple of shanks as well. It's a roller coaster. And the point of Mike Tomlin's exhortation to his players to not ride the roller coaster isn't isn't to not be involved in the game. Isn't it is to avoid the emotional highs and lows. It is. But to me it's more don't ride the roller coaster, drive the roller coaster. Right? It's going up, it's going down, be in control. Don't be swept along with the flow of the game. Make an impact, control the game. And the Steelers did that this game. Steelers did that on offense with the offensive line. They did that with Deontay Johnson following a bad drop that could have easily gotten into his head and led to more drops. I've I've stated before in 2019-2020, Deontay Johnson was streaky. When he had a bad drop, it would show up for a while. But after that drop, which was as ter- about as bad and as impactful a drop as you can you can have where the Steelers end up you know settling and don't get a touchdown on that drive because of because of Johnson like they had a touchdown and he dropped it that's about as bad as it gets and he comes back and has a fantastic game that's driving the roller coaster that's not riding it that's driving it Steelers have a short week coming up. It's going to be interesting to see how the offense plays uh, next week. They haven't had any more injuries, but you, you've got to think, you know, Najee Harris had a, had a pretty high number of touches this week. Uh, you've got to think they're going to want to try and mix it up with him. I, I expected more Benny Snell and Kalen Balaj this week, but we didn't see that. You've got to expect more next week. You can't expect Najee Harris to just be running as hard as he was in that game and then come and give you another you know, 60 minutes and another 25 touches coming up in the next game. That, that doesn't seem like a smart decision. Steelers once again end with 20 or fewer points in a game. This is the last thing I want to bring up here on the offense. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has seven of those games so far. Seven times this season, he has been the quarterback, and the Steelers have scored 20 or fewer points. The record for his career, where he has started the game and the Steelers have scored 20 or fewer points, is a tie between 2011 season and the 2006 season with eight. Each of those seasons had eight, but each of those seasons is also the season after the Steelers played in the Super Bowl. And you know there's a Super Bowl hangover. But this year, Ben Roethlisberger is one game away from tying his own record for 20-point or fewer offensive performances by the Steelers. And he's got five games to go. There's a pretty good chance, the way the Steelers are going, that two of those games will have 20 points or fewer scored in them by the Steelers. And if that happens in, in this season... Ben Roethlisberger will set a career high for games where he was the quarterback and the Steelers scored 20 or fewer points. 
that's an interesting tidbit I'd like to add in here at the end of that. Um, stay tuned. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the defense. And you want to talk about a crazy game, crazy unexpected results. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense right after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back, Steeler fans, to the Cutting Room Floor. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. The Cutting Room Floor, as always, is brought to you by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. I want to take a moment to thank everybody for listening to Behind the Steel Curtain and our podcasts. Uh, Our numbers are fantastic this year, and that's because of you, the listeners. I want to thank you for supporting this show. I want to thank you for listening to all the rest of the shows. Uh, know Your Enemy, which I'm also on with Michael Beck, and, and all the rest of our podcasts. If you're currently listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to Michael Beck's live mic, it always comes up on Tuesday before my podcast. Mine's the midday podcast. His is the morning podcast. Make sure to click on that when you're done with this show. He predicted on our Know Your Enemy show, before the Ravens game, that the Steelers would lose to the Ravens and lose badly. So listen to his show. See if he sounds contrite enough to you. And if not, make sure you go on his social media and make fun of him. Taunt him a good bit about it. Be, I mean, obviously be friendly and nice. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be horrible to people. Don't do that. But tease him a bit about it. Give him a little bit of hard time. Rub it in. Because he had the Steelers losing to the Ravens horribly and could not see how the Steelers could beat the Ravens and we all know how that ended uh if you if you and you can also join us uh on our live chat on our Wednesday night show uh know your enemy is the last uh live podcast before the Thursday night game we're going to be talking about the Minnesota Vikings uh live less than you know right about 24 hours away from the Steelers playing the Minnesota Vikings. So make sure to check that out and make sure to make fun of him a little bit, tease him a little bit in the live chat about him picking the Ravens to win. Your host, Jeffrey Benedict, of course, picked the Steelers to win because I'm omniscient. (laughs) I'm kidding. I picked the Steelers to win because I can't bring myself to pick the Ravens to win at Heinz Field. I couldn't do it. I was like, I've got it. I was like, I don't think the Steelers are going to win, but I don't care. I don't care if I think they're going to win. I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to believe that they're going to win, and I'm going to I'm going to go crazy uh, when they do win, and they did. Now let's get to the subject of this show, the roller coaster, 
that is an NFL season and our title that change is constant in the NFL. Last week, I referred to the Steelers' defensive line as Cameron Hayward and the JV squad because beyond Cameron Hayward, it was awful. It was terrible. I don't think think any of you will disagree with me on that one. It was absolutely awful against Cincinnati. The Steelers made one change. They brought in Montrevious Adams. Off the Saints practice squad team. The Saints aren't a great defense. And he was on their practice squad. The difference Montrevious Adams made on this team is he kind of shored up the nose tackle position so that when they double teamed him in the run game, they didn't get a lot of movement. And in the passing game, he pushed guys backwards. He wasn't a playmaker. He was just a big, beefy space eater, a kind of Dan McCullers type of defensive tackle one who's not making plays and if this line had a Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuitt on it and they were playing Montrevious Adams we'd all be sitting there saying what are you doing Steelers this guy's terrible why are you playing him when you have you know Tyson Alualu the thing is he doesn't have to be good he doesn't have to be a playmaker the Steelers are just desperate for somebody to hold the line to hold position and get pushed back maybe, but get pushed back slowly at least against a double team, against a one-on-one, control the block, steer it a bit. Don't just lose. Is Montrevious Adams a really good player? Probably not, no. Is he the answer for the Steelers' future defensive line? No, don't get carried away. But he is a good step up from what we had going on Clogging the middle of the field, of the defensive line. Clogging it up. So he's valuable. He made a big difference in that game. Played a heck of a game. Henry Mondeau played a good game. He was hustling. He was making an impact. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk played well. The defensive line wasn't great behind Cameron Hayward. But they were what we have to have from this defensive line. Good enough. If they're not good enough, everything will fall apart on this defense. Last week I said, when I was going through my, you know, is this the new standard or is this rock bottom? I said the line was at rock bottom, and they've dug their way out a little bit. They are not at rock bottom this week. They were significantly above it. They're heading in the right direction. I couldn't be happier for the fact that I have hope that we're not going to see line play like that. It hurts my heart and my soul. It hurts all of me that is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I started following the Steelers in the 90s. I have not seen a defensive line get pushed around like that. Just, I've never seen that until this season. With all, it just, it was, it was awful. And knowing that, you know, there's a hope a real hope that we won't see it be that bad again, that's, whew, that's nice. That's nice. Behind the defensive line, we've got to talk about one Trent Jordan Watt. TJ Watt was healthy, and he now has 16 sacks after a monstrous three and a half against the Ravens. I want to take a quick quick journey here to look at where T.J. Watt stands in NFL history 
at this moment. Through 12 games, through their, I should say, through their team's 12th game of the season, and this because they don't really have a decent recording of sacks before 1982, will not cover anything before 1982. But since 1982, through their team's 12th game, nine other players, TJ Watt is the 10th player, to have 16 or more sacks through their team's 12th game. Six of the other nine finished that season with 20 or more sacks. I'm going to say that again. Six of the nine players who before T.J. Watt reached 16 sacks by their team's 12th game made it to 20 or more sacks in that season. Let me list the names of the people here. Mark Gastineau in 1984. Aaron Donald. In 2018, Michael Strahan in 2001, I believe that's the year he set the sack record. Lawrence Taylor in 1986. J.J. Watt in 2012. Doug Betters in 1983. Leroy Glover in the year 2000. And Reggie White in 1987. Pretty good list. I think I left one out. Alden Smith, 2012. I think I left him off. That's a pretty good list. That's a lot of, the, of some of the top sack guys in this era. And not just even like, there's no Von Miller there. There's no, you know, DeMarcus Ware. There's no, you know, Jared Allen, Joey Porter. There's a lot of, Elmas Doomerville. There's a lot of players. Robert Mathis. There's a ton of players who are really good pass rushers. Kevin Green, James Harrison. You can go all over the place. They're not on this list. With Aaron Donald, Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor, J.J. Watt, and Reggie White. But T.J. Watt is now. The guys who made it to 20-plus sacks, Mark Gastineau, Aaron Donald, Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor, J.J. Watt, and Reggie White. Made it to 20 sacks. After going, after, after getting to 16 and through their team's 12th game. Every... Other player in that top 10 there, and those 10. I'm going to reword that. Eight of those 10 players made it playing all 12 games. Two of them didn't play all 12 games. T.J. Watt and the Minister of Defense himself, Reggie White, didn't play in all 12 games to get 16 sacks. T.J. Watt did it, has done it in 10. Reggie White did it in 9. I mean, this is where TJ ranks right now, this season. It's crazy. He is playing that good. And if you look at it and you compare him to these guys, and you say, which, which player would you say he's most like? You know what? The only other real linebacker on there is Lawrence Taylor. That's the only leather linebacker on that list. Lawrence Taylor. That's crazy. It's just, it's baffling to me where TJ is elevating his game to right now. TJ has a real shot at the NFL record. He has a really good shot at 20 sacks. He has five games left to get four sacks, and he's averaging 1.6 per game played. And he's got to get four in five games. 
to get to 20. Real good shot at that. And he has a decent shot at the NFL record because in this season with the Steelers, T.J. Watt is their pass rush. T.J. Watt is the entire focus of the Pittsburgh Steelers' pass rush. Everything Keith Butler is designing is for T.J. Watt to just rush the passer because really, if T.J. Watt's not rushing the passer, we're not putting pressure on the quarterback. I've talked about this before. When We, we can't do a four-man rush without T.J. and have it even get pressure on the quarterback. And without that pressure from a four-man rush, we have to blitz, and that exposes our secondary. All kinds of trouble. T.J. Watt is the focal point of the Steelers' pass rush. Really quick, in the two games T.J. Watt has missed this season, the Steelers have two sacks total, one per game. In the two games he played and then got injured partway through and missed part of, two games also, the Steelers have six sacks in those games. Two of them were from T.J. Watt, which means the Steelers, outside of T.J. Watt, in games where he plays part of the game but not all of it, they average two sacks outside of T.J. Watt. In the games where he returns T.J. Watt from injury, where the Steelers have lost both of those games, the Steelers have five total sacks, two of them from T.J., three of them from other players, meaning one and a half sacks from not T.J. Watt. In the six games, T.J. Watt has been fully healthy. He has 12 sacks, two a game. The team is averaging has 24 sacks in those games. So T.J. Watt gets two, gets, has 12 sacks, and the Steelers have 12 sacks outside of T.J. Watt in those six games. Two sacks a game for T.J., two for not T.J. The Steelers are worth one and a half to two sacks a game outside of T.J. Watt. And with T.J. Watt healthy, they're averaging four. So when I say T.J. Watt has a decent shot at the title, guys, T.J. Watt has a decent shot at the title. 12 sacks and six games fully healthy. He's got five left. If he keeps up that two sacks per game average, 26, he's blowing out the record. Will he get there? I think he's going to get 20. I don't know if he gets the, if he gets the record. That's going to be an incredible run. If he's even close to it. Uh, outside of that, outside linebacker, I, I was found it interesting. The Steelers are getting Taco Charlton and Derek Tuska involved. Uh, the, Derek Tuska is a good hustle player. He's smart. He gets to the right spots. And Taco Charlton is getting better. He's very solid against the run. Doesn't offer a whole lot against in the pass rush. But that made him a valuable player against the Ravens. He did a good job facing the Ravens. You know, offense and the different runs and stuff they did. Taco Charlton did pretty good. Didn't make any splash plays, but that's that's not his job. You know, hold the line. Inside linebackers. I'm not going to lie to you. This was Devin Bush's best game I've seen him play on film. He was uh, closer to people in coverage. He was better tackling. He, he moved to the ball better, and he was getting off blocks a little better than he has been. I would not call this a good game from Devin Bush, but I would call it his best game of the season. With Robert Spillane out, Joe Schobert played the entire game, but if you watch that first half, he was seriously being targeted. And he gave up a lot of plays in their long drives and in their scoring drives. 
he struggled in this game, struggled to cover their tight, the tight ends. He struggled to cover the Ravens running backs. Schobert struggled. I mean, this was, this was a tough game for him. And uh, Bush, Bush played a little better. In the secondary, this is the crazy story. The cornerback situation, the defensive backs outside of Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, right? Those two are the safeties. They've been reliable. The four players in front of them, Cameron Sutton, last season was the Steelers' number four cornerback. Behind him, you have Kella Witherspoon, who's been on the team three months and was absolutely terrible the first two times he took the field. You had Arthur Millette, former New York Jet, who only plays nickelback and doesn't play in dime. You had Trey Norwood and Justin Lane. Those were your cornerbacks. Not one of them a proven commodity. Not one of them a really good corner. But the Steelers did a good job. They weren't, they weren't, you know, destroying Lamar Jackson. But if you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, his passing stats per, by game this year, the Steelers had one of the better games against him. Towards the, you know, above average range of the season. They had a good game. Kella Witherspoon was a surprise. He covered uh, Hollywood Brown. He covered Hollywood Brown a lot. Did a good job against him. Justin Lane made some plays. Trey Norwood was solid. Cameron Sutton was his usual self. Arthur Millette played nicely. They, they were really good. I don't want to underscale it. I, I don't want to overrate those guys. A big part of it is the safeties. Talking about roller coasters, Terrell Edmonds, man, Terrell Edmonds. Steelers are all over the place. Steelers fans are, are down on him, still are. But this man had a really good game. He he has some good games. He's going to have roller coaster moments in every game. He's going to have that play or two where he just messes up. He screws something up. Uh, there was a play he was watching. Uh, he was watching what was going on in front of him and let a guy slip past him. That happened at least once this game. But he's pretty solid. He's pretty good. He's a good, he fits well with Minka Fitzpatrick. Steelers could do much, much worse at safety than Terrell Edmonds. And you're going to spend a lot of capital to do better than him. A lot. And mostly, a lot of the guys are going to sit there and say, oh, that guy would be a better safety than me. Yeah, he might be a better deep safety than Edmonds, but you don't understand Edmonds' role. One of the things we always talk about, rank, role, results. Edmonds' role in this defense is all over the place. He does a ton of different things. He 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 is the one who picks up responsibility when they have to adjust for something that other people can't cover. Edmonds is that guy, and he's he's going to get a good contract, and the Steelers would be rise to re-sign him after this season. Anything under eight million, and I'm good with. You know, if it's over eight million, you're you're going to have to let him go. It's eight million or more a year, but. Man, I think I think it's time to get off his back. Edmonds and Fitzpatrick are a huge part of this defense being good. A huge part. And they carry the secondary this year. 
that's it for my show. When we talk about Minnesota, the game coming up here, the Steelers are playing. Pretty quick turnaround. A big deal there is going to be how the Steelers come in and how the Steelers respond. They're the road team. The road team loses these games badly most of the time. Badly. And it would be the most Steelers result for the Minnesota Vikings to lose to Detroit and the Steelers to have this big win against Baltimore and then go in and just flop and get blown out by the Vikings. But we're going to hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) Steelers need to not ride that roller coaster. They need to drive the roller coaster. They need to come in in control of the game and find a way to do this again. That's our show for today. Uh, make sure you're tuning in to the rest of Behind the Steel Curtains podcast. Click on over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Have yourself a great day and a great week. Let's go Steelers. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.